And welcome back to the MDM podcast. I'm Joe Morales, and today we are joined by um someone who got me got me into podcasting. And um, thanks to Frank. Frank, how do you say your last name again? Uh, Straub. Straub. Yeah. And thanks to him, he um kind of got me going and got me into um just uh just recording myself talking. And um, I wanted to pay him um yeah I wanted to return them a favor and have him on to talk about the atrocious Giants and Jets losses from over the weekend. So, uh, Frank, how are you? I'm doing well, all things considered. And uh, uh, We're a couple days removed from the Giants loss, so I, I think I'm doing better. And, uh, no, this weekend in general was just a total – it's just a bad weekend. With the Yan- I, don't know, I don't know how big you are. I, the Yankees ruined my weekend, man. And I did a whole other thing on it. It was just heartbreaking the way they went down. Yeah, definitely it was, but the Astros – uh, we're clearly the better team, so I wasn't. Oh yeah, too did, heartbroken. Did you see what actually came out today with uh, with their assistant general manager? That was kind of screwed up. Yeah, that's nasty. And, um, but uh, Frank does um do his own podcast. You want to uh, briefly go and describe yours? Yeah, sure. Uh, so the Copa Sports Podcast I host it by myself. I uh pretty much do everything by myself, and um I do a lot of film room segments where I break down film. I do this special segment called garden party where I'll go over the Knicks and the Rangers. Um, uh, but the calling card of the podcast lately has been the NFL and the film breakdowns. So I have actually three in production right now. And I also have uh, a Knicks and the Rangers. We're going to do weekly reviews and we'll call that under the garden party umbrella. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got going on with the podcast right now. And I also do write articles for about the Giants for uh, timeskewed.com. I got uh, once a week, so one's on the way very shortly. If you want to check those out, um, be my guest. Definitely go check those out and definitely give um, the Clubhouse Sports Podcast a listen. And like I said, he really got me into just being able to stand here and record myself. So a big thanks to him. So without wasting any time, let's just get right into the Jets because – on Monday Night Football, on prime time, in front of 76,000 people who at least paid them to go to the game, that was an embarrassment to not only the Jets organization, the NFL in general, and the city of New York City. And uh, you can't make this up because, I mean, you you don't have to sit here and tell me how, uh, how good the New England Patriots are, but the way Sam Donald played last night, Luke Falk looked better when he played against the Patriots in Foxborough. So for the Jets to come back to MetLife and not even put up a point against the Patriots, and I opened up and I said that Darnold wasn't great, and he wasn't. But the main focus and the main problem the Jets have last had last night, the defense was atrocious. They couldn't stop anyone. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, let's look at it this way, because what were the Jets missing up until – Week six, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, and what were they really missing this week? Because he played very well uh, against the Cowboys, uh, and that was what you thought would galvanize them and push them forward. Oh, definitely, without team. a doubt. And, and and then you're playing a better team and really a one of the best defenses we've ever seen in the New England Patriots. And that's not hyperbole. You've seen all the statistics on social media about how historic this defense is, and they truly are shut down because the way their secondary works is 
they can they have four really good DBs, so they can play heavy man coverage and then just rush five or six guys, sometimes seven on a zero blitz, and they have no problems in pass coverage. And they were blitzing the hell out of Sandar last night. And by the way, when he got blitzed, Sam, when Sandar got touched, he got he was disintegrated. He was like Voldemort in the first Harry Potter movie. He could not be touched, and when he was, he either fumbled, interception, or he was sacked. And the team did not play well. And right out of the gate, from the first drive, you can see the Jets couldn't have it. They weren't stopped anyone on a third down. There were a couple fourth down completions that weren't stopped. CJ Mosley coming back. Um, I pray to be you know let's get let's get the Jets going. This is this could be a this could be a close game. And I I mean we all expected them to lose. But having CJ Mosley back, I expected you know at least a little bit, a little bit of success, and we didn't see any of it. Well, I I think that the way that Sam Darnold was affected early, and I, and speaking on the defense, there's really no excuses except for the fact that Tom Brady is really good, and although he's old and shows signs of stopping against or uh, slowing down against the Giants and uh, countless games. Uh, throughout the season previously, even though he still has it, but you're seeing less of Tom Brady than Tom Brady has been. But he looked nearly perfect last night, uh, fitting the ball into really tight windows. Uh, His arm strength is still there, and he can read the field and climb the pocket, uh, still unlike anybody else, which is one thing I agree with Booger McFarland on. But um, What I love about Booger McFarland is he just – he speaks what's on his mind, and he does not care that he's on TV. But – um. You, as we stay on the topic of the Jets' defense, the situation with the cornerbacks, with Tremaine Johnson and Morris Claiborne alike, I mean, in the, fir- in the first drive when Philip Dorsett, who, who frankly looked like Odell Beckham Jr. in his prime, Tremaine Johnson was putting his hands up in the air trying to flare the ball away like he's never played football before. And we can talk about Avery Williamson and how big of a draft bus he's been. And of course, he's hurt. But now with... No support from the cornerback position. There's no way this team makes a run or, frankly, wins any more games. Because without a stable defense, and we emphasize the cornerback position, you're not stopping anybody. Yeah. Um, You saw with the Eagles the last two weeks against the Cowboys and the the Vikings, respectively, that without a functioning secondary, you can't win football games because in today's NFL – Passing is what wins Passing. football games, yep. and if you don't have anything defend, to defend the pass, well, you're screwed. And 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 we saw that right out of the gate. The, fir- the first th- uh, four possessions, three of them were touchdowns, and the fourth one was a field goal. So it wasn't like they, they stopped him anyway. But going into the second quarter, it was 17 nothing. And if I could be honest with you, I turned off the game to watch Practical Jokers. But even on the offensive side, when we said Sam Darnold was bad, on the first drive, Demarius Thomas missed a wide open pass in a rare, um, a rare situation where you caught the New England defense off guard. And even later in the game, Sam Darnold again back towards his own end zone, fumbles the ball in the end zone, ends up being a penalty and it's a safety. You can't make this stuff up. No, you can't. And I just want to speak on um, Sam Darnold's behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, every quarterback they've played is fairly young besides Ben Roethlisberger. You have Josh Allen, Daniel Jones, um, Sam Darnold, and I'm forgetting somebody else off the top of my head. But um, but the thing with these young quarterbacks is if you set the tone early with that imposing of a defense. Kyler Murray. Oh, and Kyler. Sorry. No, it's not going to stop you there. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
But um, if you set the tone that early with this imposing of a defense, um, it's going to be hard for them to recover because they're not as experienced in bouncing back like that, like an Aaron Rodgers or even a Patrick Holmes, even though he's young. I think him and Deshaun Watson are two guys who can like um, overcome that because of how gifted they are um, in the brain and obviously physically. And, and yeah, and you're seeing it as these guys are be, are turning into elite quarterbacks. If not, if they, I mean, Mahomes is already, but Watson and uh, and some of the others that you said, they're turning into elite quarterbacks. And if I can move back to the Jets here, although they did, uh, although the performance on the field was 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 awful. I mean, add any adjective you want. This goes back to the front office and how inept the Johnson brothers are. Adam Gase is on pace to be worse than Todd Bowles, worse than Richie Kotite. Adam Gase's play calling and his answers to the uh, to the media have been atrocious. They've been awful. And you can't have this sort of um, of inept uh, people in the front office and expect to win. And you saw this earlier in the offseason when they fired um, Mike uh, – why is his name moved my head? Not, is it Mike McCartney? Is that, no, that's the coach. McCag- McCagnan. Sorry, the co- name was moved away. When you saw Mike McCagnan leave, Adam Gase won a power struggle, not even being there 15 minutes. Yep. And there's not there's nothing to rebuke on that side because the front office is it's, not it's, in shambles. It's up there. It's, it's not, up there. And it's up there as, as one right. of the worst in the city. It might be worse than the in the Will Pods. I don't know if he's worse than Dolan. But he's uh, a, you, you can speak on behalf of Dolan. You know, I don't I don't have a problem with Dolan. He 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 mainly keeps I don't know if you know he mainly keeps his hat out of the Rangers business. I I got no problem with him. Oh well yeah, but if you're a Knicks fan <laughs> and you know anything about basketball, um he focuses all his attention on that and mm-hmm. the property dealings and um well he's making the money, but the Knicks are not No uh, no no one's to play there. that's the problem. Yeah. You saw but, this- um but let's jump back to the Jets. Mm-hmm. You have anything you want to add? No, no, go ahead. No, I'm uh, no, I'm asking you. I'm not. Oh no, no, it's, it's it. Um, but yeah, Jets play Jacksonville in a uh, week eight, and listen, the schedule you can say gets easier and easier. I don't see them getting any more than three or four wins from this. T- you can you look at the upcoming uh, ske- uh upcoming schedule, and you see games. You circle them on your calendar games that they should win, but uh. It's the opposite. Teams that are playing the Jets are going to be look. Oh, look, we're playing the Jets. That's a win. It's not happening. And um, so I guess we move over to the better New York football team. You could say for now. Yeah, <laughs> at least record wise. And I actually got into a an, an argument with one of my friends, who's a Jets fan, and um, he was trying to you know bring up the argument that the Jets are better talent wise, and to a degree, I believe that, but. Your talent's not performing. I don't think you're a better team. But and anyway, staying on the task with the Giants, 10 days of rest. They came out on this cloudy, rainy day at MetLife, not ready to play. And a lot of this game goes to the blame of Daniel Jones and the Giants' defense in the first and fourth quarters. In between second and third, they were fine. They were actually putting up points. They thought they were going to win the game. But a big problem... With why the Giants lost, Pat Shermer had no idea what he was doing. Some of the play yep. calls he made, I don't think anyone, I don't think he could explain to himself. 
So the thing with Pat Shermer that's been the problem since the beginning of the season is you can get out coached in the first half and be fine if you bounce back, and you can even keep up, but you have to make adjustments. And Pat Shermer, which he, which he, by the way, throughout the entire, not able to do. He's not great with making adjustments. Whatsoever. Yeah, that's that's my point. He, for some reason, doesn't like to make adjustments, and it's an important thing to do, whether you are really winning and losing or losing in the game of football. So, and and. I still believe that if it wasn't Daniel Jones' first year, he would be out by now. All right? This guy, when Jones figures it out, and he hasn't been over the past couple weeks, when he figures it out, this guy's out. All right? He has done nothing here. His, I, don't, I don't care what you say about the talent. He has done absolutely nothing in this town. And once Jones gets through his first year, and in my opinion, will begin his long and storied career, he's out. I can't wait for it. I can't disagree. I think that um, having good following would really help the system because, or help the team because if you implement a good system, Jones has the type of skill set where I think he can thrive. He showed in the Buccaneers game um, out of system, but he would be an exceptional system quarterback. Um, so if you have a guy like Lincoln Riley who can um, come in here and really help his development and help really boost the offense – in that way, opening everything up. Um, I think that's a good choice. No, I agree. Play Shermer. I agree. I agree 100%. Because, um, yeah, but the thing with Jones on Sunday was when he has a clean pocket, he looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And he's not afraid to throw the ball downfield and um, stretch the field. And and that, that was the problem in week seven against Arizona. When – he doesn't have a lot of time in the pocket. And like we've seen over the past couple of years with the Bad Giants O-lines, when he doesn't have a lot of time in the pocket, he panics and <laughs> does nothing. He sits there and gets sacked. And I think Arizona, correct me if I'm wrong, had seven or eight sacks this week, which was ridiculous considering they had no defense coming into this week. Yeah, I thought we'd at least be able to See, I didn't expect the Giants' defense to shut down the Cardinals' offense because the Cardinals' offense is starting to click. And Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury. Um, what what a job out. Kingsbury's done, by the way. Sorry yeah, to interrupt you. What a job he's done. Oh, yeah, definitely. So I wasn't expecting his defense, who has been atrocious besides against the Patriots to an extent. No. Uh, I, there's no expectations there. But the offense, that that – Cardinals defense is so bad, Daniel Jones, I thought, would thrive, especially with all his weapons back, Saquon, Ingram, and Sterling Shepard. And I know he didn't do that well, and, and you brought up Evan Ingram. Even through all these bad plays he's made in the interception he had early in the game, I mean, late in the game, he still had some great passes. We saw that touchdown pass to Evan Ingram right to his hands. And that's the one thing I love about this guy is his ball placement and his arm strength. He has, oh, yeah. he has the ability to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. And to me, these are very simple changes that, thankfully, they're easy to fix. Just becoming more aware of your surroundings in the pocket, knowing when it's time to throw the ball away, knowing when it's time to scramble. These are very easy things to, to fix, and you're kind of you're thankful that it's not the problem of ball placement or arm strength. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, the case with Jones here, like Sam Darnold, it's just development and being able to adapt and read NFL defenses. And I think it clicked for a couple guys. I think it's starting to click for Kyler Murray. It, it clicked for Baker last year. 
So we'll see if he can return to that. And but the, sorry, my favorite sorry. thing about Jones is you, you touched on your favorite thing is the risks, the risks he's able to take. Because when I studied film on him coming out of college, I noticed that he was a little too conservative at times. I've used this example plenty of, um, plenty of times. He had a tight end open on a seam route. Um, he beat the linebacker off the jump, no safety high. And Jones decides not to throw it, throw to him because it probably would have been a touchdown if he had. He checks it down to his running back instead. But what we've seen in the NFL is Jones, um, he'll check it down, but he actually favors a deep throw over a check down. Because you saw that touchdown to Red Ellison. Eli would never do that. Eli mm-hmm. would never yeah. see, see that guy deep because of that high safety. Mm-hmm. A, and then Ellison had the um, – his man coverage beat, but the safety was working above, and Jones fit it right in. And to a degree, that's a good thing because you got to be able to overcome the fear of throwing downfield. And if he keeps that straight all throughout his career, he's on pace for a great career. And um, if I can just get back um, to what the Giants did, um, defense from the start was was I mean um yeah the defense from um from the start was awful the. Uh, Cardinals uh, through two interceptions and all that, but the Giants do have um, Detroit next week, and uh, yeah, and like I said before, I do want everyone to go ahead and listen to um, Frank's podcast, the Clubhouse Sports Podcast, and Frank, if I may, just give you a little suggestion. You would be a great um, color commentator in a broadcast booth. Have you ever thought of that? Uh, I, I have, but I, I actually want to be a general manager, so hopefully that is what the path um, opens up to be. But anything is an option at this point. I mean, we are so young. And if you um, do want to um, you know, take a career in broadcasting like I do, I do completely I, – I totally recommend the um, Chris Carino and Tim Capstra broadcast camp. They, um, they're the broadcasters of the um, Brooklyn Nets on WFAN. I totally recommend that. I had such a great time this year. And uh, thanks that I want to be a, a radio host now. So if you do ever um, want to go down the uh, down the road of a play-by-play or analyst, definitely check them out. I definitely will. And uh, so thank you for coming on, Frank. I hope to have you on some other time. And once again, go check him out. Do you have any social media you want to plug before we sign off? Uh, yeah, a couple things to add. Of course, you can find the episodes that I plugged at the beginning, um, the film rooms, the Knicks and Rangers stuff. A lot of NFL stuff, the articles, but find us on Twitter at pod underscore clubhouse. You can find us on Instagram at clubhouse.cast. And one last thing I want to add about the Giants defense, if I may. Go for it. Um, So the problem is, we said adjustments, is Chase Edmonds and the Cardinals in general came out of nowhere. Called the the same zone run, excuse me, to that right side. Uh, Yeah, that right side. That was the same play every single touchdown because when you get the pulling guards against a cornerback, it's it's a mismatch, and the Cardinals were able to seal the edge, and Edmonds was able to kick it outside. So I think the Giants probably should have adjusted a little bit better than that, and they. But it's it's hard because you got that mismatch every time, and we definitely have a weakness at linebacker and corner. So there's not much you can do. But that's all I wanted to say. No, I totally agree. And um, again, thanks for coming on. And uh, I hope to have you on throughout, you know, the 
uh, the football season. Maybe come on and do a little basketball too. You know, that'd be great. But um, I'm Joe Morales. Follow me on Twitter, Joe Morales underscore, and uh, still coming up with a name for the show. And I guess we'll get back to that as the um, winter goes on. But uh, this has been the MDM Podcast, and thank you to Frank.